following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the call. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. It's protracted today. Well, wait a minute. Explain that word, protracted. Protracted. We're only doing an hour today (laughs) instead of two hours. Uh, We've got uh, football, that thing that pays the bills around here. Uh, UK football kicking in at uh, 8 o'clock. Coverage begins. It ought to be an interesting uh, year this year after Kentucky tries to snap back after a 10-3 and season, which some thought could have been better than it was, and some were very happy that it was 10-3. and I thought we should have beat Tennessee and Texas A&M, but, you know, there you have it. Tennessee loss was one of the toughest losses ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Texas A&M, we should have won that game. We should have won that one. But, y'all, I don't know if y'all know this, but Dick Gabriel's been talking about it a lot this this spring or this fall, early fall. Terry Wilson was hurt during that game. Yeah. And uh, he didn't tell anybody. So, there you have it. Let's knock out the psalm here. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 42. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept Holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalm of David for uh, those that are feeling down. Tears yeah. have been my meat. Right. How about that? Yeah. Deep. That's right. It is. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a lot to cover in a limited time in which to cover it. Those of you that are used to us doing something different for the six to seven to six, seven to eight hour, we're going to talk mainly about investments and things like that today. You know, how about the market? Um, yeah. Two major drops in the month of August and yet it rallies back. Right. Yeah. For, for August, uh, there were three times in August that the the market was down two and a half percent. Really, not not on a one day basis, but you know you had consecutive day down days. But three times that it was down two and a half percent. It closed uh, the month. It was down one point eight percent. Right for the month. Um, that's uh, 3.3% off of its uh, July record high. Right. So it's it's back not too far from it. Not too far from from record highs. I mean, you think you think all the pieces of news that came out in August. So you have, you know, interest rates, you have the 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 inversion of the yield curve, yeah. you had uh, trade issues. I mean, all this volatility in August. Right. Um, and then you end the month you know, down a little bit. I yeah. mean, it was just, it was just whipsaw. The market still seems to want to go up. Yes. Despite every lick that it takes, every uh, smacking it gets in the face, it seems to want to go up. It does. A um, lot of negativity out there. Uh, and that, <clears throat> you know, the wall of worry and markets climbing the wall of worry, um, you know, that seems the buy the dip mentality is still intact. Uh huh. Right. 
But I think it speaks to consumer confidence. I mean, let's look. Things are good. Mm-hmm. Unemployment's zero. Wages continue to rise. Companies are doing well. Well, People unemployment's have, not zero. Well, it, but I it's it, like three point four. Well, no, it is. I mean, it is three point four. But I think when you really look at what that number represents, those are the yeah. the unemployable right. more than than anything. But people are, are pretty positive about what's going on. What I like what happened with the market this month was we've got a presidential election firing up. Yep. So you've got that complete media spin. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to put the fear of recession coming and it's all Donald Trump's fault and yada yada. And it still bounces. Mm-hmm. That's right. They try every day to spin something negative. That's right. And it continues to bounce, which speaks to the American people. They have confidence. Mm-hmm. Got to believe to receive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw another one on it. <laughs> Come on, you got, you got them. Go. All right, well, another one of my favorites, I talk about attitude of gratitude. There you go. Now, listen, that's what it's all about. That's right. All right. It's football time. Come on, Tom. Tell say it. It's football time in the bluegrass. Oh, gosh. I love it. It's my favorite time of year. Woo. Hunting season. Yeah, that's right. Dove season starts tomorrow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gosh. The downside of knowing a lot about your mutual fund. This is from an article uh, in Barron's, it looks like, or the Wall Street Journal. A George Mason professor says more mutual fund disclosure may be a case of too much information. TMI. What's going on with that? Yeah. So you would naturally think that more information's better. And, you know, if, if, uh, so a mutual fund, they disclose, um, on a regular basis, and it de- it depends on the fund how often uh, they disclose what their holdings are, changes right. within the fund, and then that goes through to the owners of the fund. Um, and they did a study showing how fund flows worked in relation to how often they reported. So the interesting thing, the funds that reported more often, uh, they actually had worse Perform- the inv- average investor had worse performance than the fund itself because really? the the investor was selling at the wrong time, buying at the wrong time. They were trying to time. They were treating it like an ETF almost. Treating it like an ETF. Like they knew everything in there. and Right. And with, with a with a open-ended mutual fund, unlike an ETF, which trades intraday, an open-ended fund, it trades at the end of the day at its net asset value. Um, and they're trying to use that as a trading vehicle. But the, the big point that I took away from this, they, the, the investor in the fund, if they're a long-term investor and they're getting all this information, it's information overload. There's, yeah. there's, they're not able to distill the, the information that's coming to them, and then they make a rash decision based on that information. Um, what we do, we do believe that more information is better for our clients, but we do it within the context of this is the strategy. You know, we explain to our clients in detail what we're doing, but there's, there's rationale behind it. We're not just throwing all this information, say, Hey, you own this stock, you own this stock. Here's what we sold, blah, blah, blah. And that's what you get with a mutual fund. Basically. Um, we explain to them, here's what we bought. Here's why we bought it. Here's what the changes are. So there's always this explanation and it's, it's more transparent. So more information we believe is better, but you have to have context. In other words, you're not giving them more information just so they can make uh, willy-nilly trades. You're giving them more information so they know where their money is invested so that during a time of market turbulence, they feel more assured. Right, right. Because with a, with a fund, if they're getting if, – if, if they're, let's say they're just investing on their own, they have a mutual fund, and they're getting all this information, um, it's it's 
overload and there's no there's no uh, explanation behind why these things were happening. They just see that as, hey, this change was made. Uh, and then that leads them to, you know, possibly have self-destructive financial behavior. Right. Um, selling at the wrong time, trying to trade. Um, and it, 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 instead of seeing the big picture, long-term investment success, they're focusing on, you know, short-term uh, movements. So, so let's talk about something here relative to this. Some, it's interesting to me that the more information these investors are getting, the more scared they got, and they started making bad decisions, selling at the wrong times, which is typically what happens, buy high, sell low. Mm-hmm. And it costs some money. But one thing that I love when I read this, I started thinking about what you know how it works down at Dupree. Down there at Dupree. Down there at Dupree on Main Dupree. Street. Dupree. And we love it. Hawk, when you drive by, listeners, we we love it. We'll wave at you. Well, why, is it, uh, why is it down there? Why didn't it up there? Uh, well, because we're in why a, is it down I'll, there? I'll tell you why. Down now, there at Dupree. A, a lot of people will argue this, but we are in the south. <laughs> and in the south, everything's down, down there. Down there. Down there. And in the north, everything's up there. Up there. So we down got there that right. Paris. <laughs> Down there in Paris, you gotta you gotta go up to go to Paris. <laughs> well, over, well, yeah. it's over. <laughs> but <laughs> here's what I wanted the the point I want to illustrate when I was reading this article. You know, we've been through a lot of market volatility, lots of it. And at Dupree, we take pride in the fact that we do make sure our customers know what they're invested in, and and we we really work hard to get them in there to review their portfolio, tell them what's going on, et cetera. And we, we're, we're a candid, diligent guide because of that. That's really what our mission is, to be a candid, diligent guide to our customers. But when you take all these market volatilities, circumstances, at Dupree, it's quiet. Yeah. Our customers are at peace. They're not scared. Our phone's not ringing off the hook like, oh, my God, what's going on? I was, I was with somebody last uh, weekend last Saturday having breakfast and he started talking about the market and he how worried he was mm-hmm. and I just looked at him and I smiled and I said you know what Tom Dupree would say to you be still my brother <laughs> <laughs> opportunities yeah. are in play that's there right. you go that's right and that's really where we are with that let's take a break it is the Tom Dupree show news radio 630 WLAP Today. Coach Stoops and the Cats are ready to bring it at Kroger Field. We are on the Toledo Rockets and your Kentucky Wildcats. The Kentucky Select Chevy Dealers KSR Tailgate Show begins at 8, right here on the home of the Cats. 630 WLAP. I'm Tom Dupree, Jr. Your retirement investment portfolio is too important to be managed by a one-size-fits-all menu of mutual funds or annuities at the other end of an 800 number or a website. Dupree Financial Group is local, right here on Main Street in Lexington. We specialize in individually managed, not mass-produced investment accounts. If you have a 401k or IRA, we can handle the rollover for you and generally have your money ready to invest within 10 to 12 business days. We design an individual account just for you, our client. Once your plan is implemented, we try to meet with you twice a year to review your plan and make changes if needed. This ensures that any concerns or questions you may have about your money are answered in a timely fashion. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free review and be sure to listen to Tom Dupree on the weekends at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Pension funds chased alternative investments after the crisis. They missed the bull market. Big deal here. Ouch. Yeah. They were so in 0809, the S&P 500 melted down uh was down 55% at one point by March of 09. And uh 
pension funds and big uh, investment funds got out of the market and, and went into things like uh, hedge funds and private investment funds and things like that, tied up their money, made a, made a, added to their illiquidity yeah. and subtracted from their gains. You would think if you're going into an illiquid investment, you're going to do better than the market going forward, mm-hmm. but they would have been better off just buying the index. It was a bad, bad move. Um, so they, uh, well, you have to look at why they did it. Um, so because they're sophisticated so investors, sophisticated <laughs> investors, and what they were doing, they were chasing returns. So they were looking at it in '08 and '09 with the the private placements, you know, a hedge fund or something like that that, that held up better during that time yeah um and so they took money off the table in something that was already down during that time and moved it over to these things that outperformed in the down market they were chasing returns um and that's never a good thing that's something we preach to our clients you know what's happened in the past you know if they've had bad experiences with other firms uh, other investments you know that's in the past. Um, you have to look at where you are now and not try to play catch up. Um, but what what the the pensions? I mean, their their uh, performances um, suffered big time uh, by not being in the market during that time. Yeah. Uh, says the trend is particularly pronounced for municipal pension funds, and. You hear so much. I saw an article in the paper yesterday. Kentucky City's getting crunched. Uh, City of Lexington looking at a $29 million shortfall out through uh, 2023. And they're, bless their hearts, they were looking at doing things to cut expenses like watering flowers and uh, whether they should water flowers or not. And, uh, you know, the mayor seems to be a lost ball in high weeds on this thing. You know, uh, I, I don't know if, if they're really looking at what it's going to really cost to, to, to cut expenses. I mean, if we're going to go into a negative, uh, let's see, somebody said, don't get political anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is political. Yeah. It is, but it's financial. It, it's how do we cut expenses? Um, one of the biggest ones is the pension costs. It's especially for the police and fire, mm-hmm. you know, and they train a new class ever so often because the ones that are in there want to get out at 20 years and they're an ex- expense until they die. Right. So you've encouraged milking the system that's what you've done and that's why the city of lexington is in in jim gray tried to fight it and he tried to uh basically uh do some things that would uh offset it but it's a creeping expense it's going to get too big at some point how, how underfunded is our our plan right now i don't know but i can't remember but i know know about it the liability just keeps growing it's growing right that's why they're always getting a new group of police and firemen in because they try to get out as quickly as they can it's a game everybody knows how the system works yeah yeah well and that's the biggest expense right there without question but what what concerns me is that the revenue is declining. Yes. That's that's where I, I'm like, why is our revenue? You know, things are good right now in Lexington. Keep in mind, guy, the yeah. occupational tax, which is our biggest line item, was meant to be a sunset. Sun- I know. Tax. And it so never it did. It never did. It just kept getting bigger. It's an, it's an income tax. Yeah, that was something that we talked a lot about around the tables at Commerce Lexington because it was supposed to sunset. Yeah. And it never did, and now it's now it's they, yeah. there's no way they could do without it. When did that come about? Gosh, that was probably ten, twelve years ago, maybe longer than that. Maybe longer than yeah. that. It's 
been longer than that. It's been I've been paying that thing for as long as I can right. remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> two and a quarter percent. Yeah. Well, my that, income. so we yeah we know it's over fifteen years old. Yeah. Wow. But the city cannot do without it now. There would be no city services. Correct. Correct. They would have no revenues, and uh, they can't put on a local sales tax. Legislature won't let them do that. No. no. So what are you going to do? I mean, you know, uh, there's only so much that can be done. Mm-hmm. The system needs to change. It's going to have to change. It can't sustain itself. Anyway, that's my take on it. Right. It's election year. Yeah. <laughs> but not fun. the mayor race. That's right. Well, I don't know that the mayor personally, I, it, it takes a council. It takes a, a bunch of people who are committed to saving, you know, things and, and, and changing them. And, and, uh, and I talked to Mayor Gray about this a lot at, at, at some point. These things are going on all over the country. Mm-hmm. They're happening in every city, uh, in a lot of states also. Kentucky, of course, is the worst of the bunch. But um, Well, and back to the, the, the investing on the pension side of it, um, the you know, they suffered on the return side. But like you just said, it's it's a revenue uh, issue. You you can't you can't grow your way out of it you know it can help you know the returns but i mean you look you take it from from that perspective to the personal uh perspective you know our clients and uh, people that we can help these are people that keep their income and outflow in check right you 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 can't you can't grow your way out of a deficit that's right um you know you have to especially cut your way out of well, you can grow your way out. Well, you can, but then you're banking on these higher returns. You know, depending on what you're what you're baking into that. Yeah, if you're baking in you know a twelve percent return. Right. To grow your way out of it, that's not realistic. That's true. Uh, you know, what if we get into a period that you know uh, you know growth is only growing you know a half percent above inflation. Yeah. You know, then then you can't grow it. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to take you have to take care of outflows and that's that's one thing you know our clients are so good at you know living on the income that's being produced from the portfolios now now these guys they these pension fund managers they they will project a return for the year correct yes Mm -hmm. and so for 2020 they're going to project a percentage of return and then based on that projection they will fund the right. plan accordingly, and that's why we've gotten in so much trouble. That's right. true. I mean, that's just a simple way of looking at it, right? Got to go for a break here. Let's break. It is Tom Dupree Show News Radio six thirty WLAP from iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts. The Fast Track. The Fast Track is an all new podcast that focuses on the past, present, and future of racing, including the machines and the racers themselves. It's also about the technology of cutting-edge engines and engineering used both on the track and off. Each week, we'll take a closer look at everything from go-kart racing to Formula One, NASCAR to IndyCar, and everything in between. Hear it right here, Wednesday night at 8 on News Radio 630 WLAP. Hometown Rising, the world's first country music and bourbon festival in the heart of bourbon country, Louisville, Kentucky, September 14th and 15th. Over 30 stars performing on four stages with Luke Bryan. Be proud of what makes your country. Tim McGraw. Keith Urban. Little Big Town. Brett Young, Dwight Yoakam, Jake Owen, Brett Michaels, Lauren Elena, Lokash, The Cadillac 3, Jimmy Allen, and more. Come be a part of country music history. Hometown Rising, September 14th and 15th. Highland Festival Grounds at the Kentucky Expo Center, Louisville. For more exciting details, go to hometownrising.com. A new day and a new track for Hurricane Dorian. Right now, the potential storm surge is still a major threat to Florida's east coast. 
but there are new forecasts that show the storm making landfall in the Carolinas. Meanwhile, the Category 4 storm is surging in the Caribbean. ABC's Marcus Moore is in the Bahamas, where they're bracing for a direct hit. They are on high alert here in this part of the Bahamas, where they're preparing for a possible direct hit. And we could begin to feel the effects of Dorian in the next few hours. In fact, they'll be shutting down the airport later today and a number of the businesses that have been open over concern for this storm. President Trump saying he's monitoring the storm's track as he spends the weekend at Camp David, Dorian prompting him to cancel a trip to Poland, and he says he'll return to the White House Sunday for a briefing. In Hong Kong, more pro-democracy protests this weekend. This morning, thousands on the streets, some throwing bricks, police responding with tear gas and water cannons to the unrest as the protests have continued for the last few weeks. Dave Packer, ABC News. We'll start there on Saturday. Mostly clear skies lasting throughout the first half of the day. And then we have those temperatures climbing into the mid, even upper 80s, getting close to it. But overall, UK's home opener looking mostly dry for the first half of the game. By the second half, we could have maybe a straight shower coming in near the end of the game. I'm WKYT. We're all just down on Bernstein. News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Big Blue Nation, your Kentucky women's soccer team is back in action this weekend. Join us tomorrow as your Wildcats take on the Youngstown State Penguins at 2 p.m. Help us celebrate Service Sunday by honoring police officers, firefighters, and EMS first responders. Also bring your furry friend for pooches at the pitch. Don't forget to stick around after the match for autographs from the entire team. That's tomorrow at 2 p.m. as your Kentucky women's soccer team takes on Youngstown State. Single game tickets are on sale now. See you at the bell. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Meet Evan Goldberg, founder of NetSuite. I had to learn that the hard way with my first company. That's why I started NetSuite. I needed to see everything that was going on with my business in one place. So we built the world's first cloud business system. And after 20 years, over 16,000 companies run their businesses on NetSuite. Everything you need to keep growing is in one place. Financials, HR, commerce, customer info, and more. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make smart decisions and grow with confidence. That's why companies who use NetSuite grow three times faster than the S&P 500. Find out the rest of Evan's story and get your free guide titled Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com improve. That's netsuite.com improve for your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits. Go right now to netsuite.com slash improve. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. All right. One of the big things that we're seeing throughout the world, especially in Europe, is zero interest rate bonds. You got an article here from Barron's. Germany's 31-year negative yielding zero coupon bonds should be a wake-up call. The German government issued 2 billion euros worth of negative yielding 31-year zero-coupon bonds at a price 3.5% above par and a yield of minus 11 basis points, so minus 0.11% if held to maturity. The issue is noteworthy not only for structure and timing, but for uh, what it might presage about future monetary and fiscal policy. Germany's long-term zero-coupon bond is a flagrant reminder that we are living in unprecedented economic times. Now, this is what those who are not familiar with bonds should understand. Germany and many other countries in, in Europe is able to borrow money for zero interest. So if you invest in their bonds, you're going to get no interest on your money. In fact, you'll lose a little money. Mm -hmm. 
you ask, how is this possible? Yeah, you got to explain why. How is this possible? <laughs> Interest rates have gotten so low throughout the world that uh, the co- uh, you know there's there's so much more capital that needs to invest in my, in in things than there is than there are alternatives for it. Mm-hmm. And uh says here, since there are no other unlevered investments in the market that can match the convexity of a long-term zero-coupon bond, it is optimal to issue the bond while supply of convexity is scarce and demand for buyers with risk management needs is massive. For bond investors, convexity is the property of a bond that makes its price appreciation faster when yields fall than its depreciation when yields rise. So they're buying it expecting yes. interest rates to go even lower. Right. They're buying it simply for the play mm-hmm. that would take place <clears throat> if rates went even lower and got even further negative. I don't get it. Y'all are going to have to explain this to me. I'm totally confused. Well, I can say this. I've been in the business 42 years. My dad was in it 50 plus. My granddad was in it 50 years. No one of them ever saw uh, zero interest rates. It's You could go back a long way for hundreds of years, uh-huh. and you've never seen it before. Ever. Yeah. So with with the the German bonds, I mean, you can look at any of them. I mean, there's there's two big buyers, if you will. I mean, there's you have speculators that are buying them because yeah. they're like you just said, you know, they're assuming rates are going to go lower, which the price of the bond would go up. Um, it's positive convexity. Um, plus, the the other buyer are insurance companies for example you know they're matching up their liabilities with the maturity dates of these things um it's interesting though thinking of it from the seller's perspective um they they use the analogy in that article uh of uh natural catastrophe reinsurance you know when's the time to sell it when there's a lot of demand for it um and so they're they're able to sell these bonds you know with these negative yields um, or issue the bonds with the negative yields um, because there's so much demand. Um, but then you, you pair that with uh, what's been going on in the market in terms of indexing and things like that. You know, these, these global government bond funds, they by mandate, they have to own these negative yielding bonds. They have to own, they have to match an index. And these are included in that. So some of these, if you own uh, a, a global government bond fund, you're going to have some of these negative yielding bonds inside of that bond right. fund. Gosh, it's amazing. So where where it just it trickles it trickles through everything. Um, but then uh, from a, a corporate perspective. You know, we've been seeing uh, in the oil uh, industry. You know, we have been seeing more defaults tick up there in the in the oil sector. Um, and part of that, you, know, you, you rewind to 2014 to 2016 when oil right. prices collapsed. You had a lot of bankruptcies, a lot of defaults because oil prices went from 100 to 30 dollars a barrel. Um, now you're starting to see it because they're having these. Uh, debt maturities and the demand is going away in that sector right, right. now for the for that debt so they can't roll the, these these maturities uh, like they could a couple years ago um, so it's it's interesting in, in a time of low rates the oil industry is having trouble rolling raising money raising money or if they do the rates so high that the company can't pay the interest on them. So the 0% interest rate bonds applies only to the highest yielding bonds out there. The lower yielding stuff, there's more of a distance between it and uh, the lower, I meant to say lower rated stuff. Right. Um, there could be a, a big disparity. Right. Absolutely. You're, you're seeing... There's a big demand for quality 
yeah. right now. Um, and it's, it's where it gets interesting in, in markets. There's certain areas, high yield, there's a lot of demand. You know, the spreads between uh, certain sectors of high yield uh, are low, but then in certain sectors, they're higher than average. Um, and so it's it's the market trying to digest where certain sectors are moving right now. Um, but taking it a step back to the the personal investor, when you, you have to know what you own. Um, right. the In high yield, in a high yield bond fund, for example, uh, oil and gas energy makes up one of the largest sectors of high yield markets. And if you're just owning that in bulk, you know, it's really hard to digest it to know what your risk really is. Uh, so how, how much are you stretching for that extra yield? Right. That's something you have to be very careful of. Uh, we, we've, we've owned high yield bonds in the past. Um, but when we're looking at it, we can make specific decisions based on that company. Yeah. Uh, we, we sold one, you know, here recently. Not long ago. Yeah. We, we collected, you know, nice coupon on it for several years. Um, and then we decided, hey, you know, given what's going on, it's time. Uh, yeah. So, But we made a decision specifically on that company, not on a sector right. basis. Yeah. So what would the quality of these bonds be? German. Triple A. Triple A? Yeah. Okay. The highest. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So all Germany has to do is pay that money back in 31 years. They get the use of that money for 31 years interest-free. Yeah. Think about it. You know, they they are able to use it for whatever they're going to use it for. They pay no interest for it. Regardless of what inflation is over the next 30 years, they they pay no interest on it. Gosh. What a deal. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it be nice if we could borrow yeah. money like that? <laughs> wouldn't it be great for 30 years? Yeah. Boy, I got some great plans. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could just take the money and put it in something that paid a little interest. Yeah, I know. And make the spread. Right, right. There, there, there were some that, I mean, they issued century bonds, you know, 100-year bonds. Right. Uh, and they did some secondary offerings a couple months back on that because I think they – they did the uh, the issue two or three years ago, the Century Bond, and then they, a couple months ago, did a secondary issue, and it was oversubscribed. I mean, it was at a, a premium. Yeah. Oil and gas bankruptcies grow as investors lose appetite for shale. You were just touching on this. Yeah. Um, it, it's it just it has to do with you always have to look at the debt levels of a company because oil um, has not done i mean it's it's not been a poor performer i mean oil prices have basically doubled from their lows but a lot of these companies have taken on so much debt that uh well and with the maturity coming up mm -hmm. if if rates if when they roll those bonds if the new rates are a lot higher than the old they can't afford them um right. because the 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 demand in that sector has uh gone away um so it's it's going to cost them more to roll it um so it, it's just it's interesting to see the sectors uh that are uh, having issues now primarily with oil and gas it has to do with uh small and private you know the oil majors you know they're they're doing fine um but and, and actually you know they would probably benefit from this in the long run because they're probably going to be able to pick up assets you know, good assets on the cheap. Yeah. If they want them. If they want them. Yep. Says 26 U.S. oil and gas producers, including Sanchez Energy Corp. and Halson Resources, have filed for bankruptcy this year. Uh, that n nearly matches the 28 producer bankruptcies in all of 2018. And the number is expected to rise as companies face mounting debt maturities. I remember when they were all issuing these bonds and – you know, yeah, the market was just sucking them up as fast as as you could go. That's right. We were in uh, Houston. Was that twenty fourteen? I guess right. One of the times we were there, uh, meeting with some oil and gas companies, 
And um, at the hotel we were staying with, there was a guy there, and uh, he was with a, a essentially a private equity uh, type of company, and they were doing loans to these oil and gas, you know, the smaller oil and gas companies. Yeah. And uh, who was what was the name of that money management firm? I remember him. I I, I, I can I picture the guy. Um, yeah. I can't remember the name of the firm off the top yeah. of my head. Uh, I bet I, they've gotten flattened. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, because that was right at the time. And these were they were making these loans because the companies couldn't get financing from anywhere else. And this is when oil was at one hundred and ten dollars a barrel. Right. Yeah. Whoops. 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 <laughs> that was a. What uh, else you got for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break here. Uh, it is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Today. Coach Stoops and the Cats are ready to bring it at Kroger Field. We are on the table all day. Toledo Rockets and your Kentucky Wildcats. The Kentucky Select Chevy Dealers KSR Tailgate Show begins at 8 right here on the home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. I'm Tom Dupree, Jr. Your retirement investment portfolio is too important to be managed by a one-size-fits-all menu of mutual funds or annuities at the other end of an 800 number or a website. Dupree Financial Group is local, right here on Main Street in Lexington. We specialize in individually managed, not mass-produced investment accounts. If you have a 401k or IRA, we can handle the rollover for you and generally have your money ready to invest within 10 to 12 business days. We design an individual account just for you, our client. Once your plan is implemented, we try to meet with you twice a year to review your plan and make changes if needed. This ensures that any concerns or questions you may have about your money are answered in a timely fashion. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free review and be sure to listen to Tom Dupree on the weekends at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Why cryptocurrencies look like a bubble and how investors can brace for lower returns. This is from Barron's Leslie P. Norton. Talk about it, Mike. So Rob Arnott, um, he, uh, they, they develop uh, different indexes that uh, funds, a lot of funds track. Um, and it's interesting, his, his take on this. It's um, talking about cryptocurrencies and what defines a bubble, and but the the big point that I want to make on this, and he that he points out, um, is what happens to uh, index investors um, in in a period of lower returns because you've basically had uh, another way: Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. Microsoft, Apple, and Google, right. FanMag. You know they've got all these different acronyms. You know Fang, FanMag, all these things. <laughs> uh, but you, you, he, he makes the point. If you look back um, at two thousand, all the way back to the last tech bubble in two thousand, the ten largest market cap companies, five of those have had negative returns over the past nineteen years. So 19 years of negative returns. Really, these are these were the darlings during the the tech uh, bubble, and you know these include things like Microsoft, Cisco, Intel, IBM, AOL, Oracle, Dell, uh, Sun, Qualcomm, HP. These well, they've were, had negative returns over 19 years. Yeah, they, on, and they on, were the big boys. Five of five of those companies have had negative returns. On average, the whole has had negative returns Golly. over 19 years. Um, that doesn't include Amazon and uh, Apple and Am or uh, uh, Amazon. The- Amazon wasn't on there, and Apple wasn't on there either yeah. at the time. They weren't one of the largest, um, so you, right. you can't include those. But you look at 
the largest companies right now that make up these indexes, you're he calls it the Goldilocks scenario. You know, you're making the assumption that you're making a, a big bet that each of these companies, and as he says, will build world domination in its respective technological niche. Um, it, basically, nothing's going to go wrong. Um, right. That's a big assumption. You know, you could have made that assumption in 2000, and you know what? Things change. As he says, disruptors get disrupted. Yeah. Um, go, go ahead. Well, it's like, think about what happened to General Motors. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that just a few months ago. We had a special guest in here. Yeah. Or no, that no, not General Motors. Uh, uh, General Electric, GE. Same thing. Same thing. Mm-hmm. General Motors and GE. General Motors and GE. Both. You haven't made any money in right. either one of them. You would have never ever thought that. I mean, those those were American is apple pie. That you everybody believes in General Motors, General Electric, Ford. You know. Right. IBM. IBM. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking. This this cuts to the the heart of you know how we put together portfolios for our clients. Um, the the easy thing for people to do is to buy an index or buy the the hot stocks you know that are hot right now. That's the the easy safe quote unquote safe thing for people to do. But when you're looking for margin of safety, you're looking for income. Where do you have to look? You have to look in places that might be beaten up. Right. Um, you know, you 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 don't want to buy something that's priced to perfection, because the chances are you're not going to have perfection. Yeah. Um, and then that's when you have a big drop in the value of the stock. Um, so we're we're looking for uh, companies, areas that have been beaten up. You already have a lot. Instead of being priced to perfection. These things are being priced with a lot of bad news built into it. You don't ever find uh, a quarter walking down the street just looking at things that are in the window, full retail. You're not going to find a quarter for 15 cents. That's right. That's right. You you have to dig around and, and see what they're trying to get rid of. Right. You, you got to go to some of the yard sales. What they're selling out the back door. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, like I found a quarter on the sidewalk the other day. Boy, that sucker was hot, too. I mean, it had been laying there in the sun, and I picked it up, and it was all warm. <coughs> now, that was a quarter for nothing. That's called a hot quarter. Yeah, but <laughs> but you're not going to see that quarter say, I'm a quarter but I'm going for 15 cents, you know, yeah. y- you find those in <laughs> things that are stocks and, and certain kinds of uh, investments that where you can calculate the value of it and see that it's selling below its liquidating value. That's right. That's and, value investing right there. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, People are naturally inclined when, let's say, you had something that went down twenty percent in price. You're naturally inclined to say, "Okay, I'm going to sell this because it might go down another twenty percent." Well, in all actuality, after that thing has gone down twenty percent, that might be a good. That might be less risky than buying something that's been going up twenty percent because you're buying it at a better value. You know, you've already had that bad news priced in. You know. I like to think of it this way. When you buy a new house or an old house, you go to a lot of trouble to learn a lot about that house, don't you? Yeah. I mean, of course, now the mortgage lenders require that you do so. But you do an inspection and you do an appraisal and you walk through. And I don't know about you guys, but every house I've ever bought, I touch all the doors, see how thick they are. I knock on the walls to see what's behind them. I really want to know what I'm buying. Yeah. And see, that's what we really do at Dupree. When I read this story, you know, he's he's really talking about, hey, you better know what's behind all this and what's really going on when it comes to investment. Mm-hmm. At Dupree, you know, you know what you're buying. We know the balance sheets 
of our company here. Tom's over. Here he goes. He's the guy's going. Wind him up. Here he goes. <laughs> I keep thinking about the dog Dupree. The dog Dupree. We have a beautiful yellow lab named Dupree. It, but we, you, <laughs> listen, all I want to say is this. You know, if you come and meet with us and allow us to review your portfolio, allow us to talk to you about what we can do to help you, to help you enjoy your retirement, okay? Protect something you've worked so hard for your lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's right. You're going to get that. And that's the companies we invest in have value. We know their balance sheets. We know their income statements. We've knocked on the walls. We've kicked the tires. We've walked through their facilities. Yep. That's who we are. That's true. And that's what, when I read this, I realize how important doing research, understanding is. It is. And it's easier to do today than it's ever been. You can get more information nowadays on companies than you could in the past and there's no reason not to do it right that's right and people say well because there's because information flows so quickly that markets are efficient now and you know you don't have they're really not they're not i mean you you look at august just as the most recent example you know december last year you know markets can be highly inefficient in the short run yeah well it's been a good hour. Uh, where is Matt Jones? Is he in here yet? Oh, okay. He's somewhere else. <laughs> Where's we want him in here now? No, he's he's <laughs> he's at the bar. He's going to be doing the show from there. So, so what's your prediction? Uh, I'm going with the what the uh, they said in the paper thirty five thirty. We're gonna we're, oh. we're gonna have to really uh, score to beat these guys. Defense. Offense is going to win it. All right. Facebook Dupree Financial Group. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. I love it. Radio 630 WLAP.